You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. believe the essence of what we started to look at on Sunday, we said it was Jesus's farewell messages, isn't it? We looked at Jesus's farewell messages and we tried to see what exactly was important to him. What did he emphasize on? What did he, you know, tell us was the summary of all he had come to do? And we began to see that it was about basically about two things. It was about, you know, repentance. It was about salvation. It was about us now going, having received and known him, to become what? Witnesses unto him everywhere we go. And in the process of that, he says, these signs will do what? Follow us. We'll step upon serpents. They will not hurt us. If we drink any deadly thing, they will not harm us. We will pick up um, uh, scorpions and different things, and nothing will happen to us. So in essence, he was saying, in the assignment that I've given to you, I've equipped you to succeed. Praise the Lord. Tell yourself, I'm equipped to succeed. I'm enabled to be a successful witness of Jesus Christ. That's what he did. So he told us from Mark 28, 16 to 20, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been what? Given to me. He says what? Go therefore, go therefore and make disciples. It means then that God is expecting me, God is expecting you. And maybe I can even ask a question now. In this year, this is the um, fifth month, the year is running. You know, you have to, as you're looking at how much money you've made and all the businesses you've concluded, we have to ask ourselves, have I made any disciple? Or have I begun the process? Do I have anybody that I can say it was in this year that I took him or her up? You know, in the process of discipleship. You know why? This is what the master required of you and I when he was going. Praise the Lord. And in Mark 16, he said to us, we looked at 14 to 20. He said to us, go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel. And we saw that all the world meant different spheres, different groups, different, you know, um, clusters of human activities and all of that. So we said, whatever it is that you do, if you're an auto mechanic, how many of us, you know, use auto mechanics or plumbers or artisans here? You realize that, I mean, because of the wickedness of the system, sometimes you don't blame them, because of the wickedness of the system, nobody agrees to pay labor well. So they have a system to always jack up the cost of material to be able to earn a living, okay? Now, it's unfortunate that things have to be that way, but a born-again artisan should get into that market and determine if what spot is 500 naira, I'll tell you it's 500 naira, and my labor is 5,000. If you don't want, try another person. You might get someone that'll tell you that what spot is um, 3,000 and my labor is 500. By the time you do the same work four times, you will call me back and ask me to do it. Praise God. And then you bear witness to your people. And what we learned on Sunday is that as you determine to do it that way, 
That's when signs and wonders. You see, we don't know where signs come in. This is where the sign comes in. Praise God. You will be a wonder. Uh, um, a pastor told us a story many years ago. He's an importer. He's still a pastor. You know, very wealthy. Uh, he, he was an importer in Lagos. Then. And he said that when he was doing his import, because of the way customs does things, if you do proper documentation, you almost be making a, a loss. But he insisted on doing it that way. He continued doing it until one season came. And there was a task force that came into the ports, you know, and, you know, they did a, 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 a seizure of all the clo- uh, um, goods that were not well documented. And he said for a season of almost one year, he was the only person that had his product in the market because he was the only one whose own was not seized. The type of money he made then, it covered everything that he was losing. For all the previous days. This is signs and wonders. Follow. God knows the price and what it's costing you to obey him. It's the lie of the devil that makes us think God doesn't know what I'm going through. Men may not know. The pastor may not know. Your friends may not know. But God knows. And he says, I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will be with you. Praise God. So we are to go into any environment. And that's why we must take the whole scripture. There's patience, there's long-suffering. If you're in a hurry, you can't be a Christian. Praise God. If you're in a hurry, find another faith. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Let me, I think I need to dwell on this. If you're in a hurry, Christianity is not for you. Okay? The other day, I, I was, I, the Spirit of God said, you see, Noah's ark could have been built faster, over almost a hundred years. You know why? The Bible calls it the long suffering of the Lord. Every day Noah was building the ark, he was preaching a sermon. Because he was building something they had never seen. He was building something they would not use. So if anybody in those hundred years cared to ask him the details, he should have become converted. All that hundred years wasn't that God couldn't accelerate the building. He could have sent angels in the night to help him. But all that length was to give the people time. And the impatience of even Noah himself. This rain that is coming. This thing that I'm building never finished. How many of us are waiting for something that God promised us? It hasn't happened. Go and learn of Noah. Praise God. Go and learn of Noah. That's tomorrow, tomorrow, today, today, today. It's magic. It's not Christianity. Okay? Praise God. So we, we saw that in Mark and in Luke, Luke told us that this is the main reason he came, that repentance, Luke 24, 44 to 53, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached. Repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. So my discussions with you, my business with you, whether we are doing a business together or we are playing together or we are, you know, doing sports together, whatever it is we are doing together, my main goal at the back of my mind should be what? That I see to it that you come to repentance and that your sins be remitted. It will be unjust. None of us here would see a car. Even, you know, you see a car, you're driving from this way, you know that... Um, there's something wrong on the other way. Won't you bring out your hand and be waving to all the other vehicles? Don't go that way. Won't you do that? Now, everybody you see, if you believe this gospel, who has not accepted Jesus Christ is still responsible for his sins. But Jesus has paid for it. And his repentance will not cost you your own. Praise God. 
Nobody's salvation will diminish your own. So everybody you come in contact with. Now, now, this is not something to make you afraid. But if you pray, the Holy Spirit will help you. That Muslim al-Haji that you don't know how to broker the subject will bring something to you. He will ask you a question. That's where faith comes in. You want to do it. Praise God. Desire. You desire that I want to be a witness to everyone I come in contact. You'll be amazed how discussions open up. And it's very simple. What we are told to do is to be what? To be witnesses. So you don't even have to, you know, preach to the person like the evangelist. You can just tell the person, ah, I used to have fear of this thing, you know. But you know, ever since I met Jesus, something has what? Changed in my life. Simple. You become a witness. Praise God. Why? Because that is the greatest need of everyone who is in this world. And you are rich to have salvation. Praise God. And then we saw in 20, John 20, 19 to 23, he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. And he said to them, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Isn't it? If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. What do you make of the scripture? How do I forgive someone's sin? When you preach to someone and the person believes in Jesus Christ, what has happened? You have brought to him forgiveness of sins. If you see someone that is perishing and you don't preach to him and the person perishes, what has happened? <laughs> what has happened? You have not told him. If, if there is full scarcity and you see someone, you know, carrying jerry can and trekking to the, to, to the direction of uh, my right and you're coming from the left and there is no queue there, there is full there. If you don't tell the person, come, brother, you know, there is gas there and there is no queue. What have you done? You have allowed him to. That's it. You receive the Holy Ghost. He says, anybody you preach the gospel to. So that, I want to believe, covers intercession. It covers, you know, prayer. It covers also speaking to the person. Praise God. These are the things Jesus said to us. And in Acts chapter 1, you know, to crown it, he told them, Acts 1, 4 to 8, he told them, wait for the promise of the Father, okay? And when he comes, you're going to receive power. And what will this power enable you to do? This power will enable you to be what? Witnesses to me. So Jesus' message to you and I after his resurrection is about himself. Now, for someone, the person might think that sounds selfish. Does it sound selfish? If you knew what happened at the cross, you know it doesn't sound selfish. I think two Wednesdays ago, we looked at it. He said, we judged us that if one died for all, then what? All died. And if, you know, all died, then what? Those who live should what? No longer live for themselves, but live for the one who died. If I truly believe that Jesus went to the cross, not for himself, but he went for me. Praise God. And because of his death, I'm no longer condemned. Because of his death, we say who, we who are not a people are now a people. We who were strangers are now, you know, uh, partakers of the covenant. If all these benefits came to me because of somebody, it's only reasonable that I do what? I give consideration to him. So Paul begins to tell us in Romans 12, he says, I beseech you therefore, what, brethren. He says what? By the mercies of God, because of the mercies of God, that you do what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Okay? And he went on to say, he said, this is only reasonable. This is only reasonable. If you really believe he did it for you, it is only reasonable. Praise God. Someone buys you a car, 
you know, with all the money he has, and because of that, he doesn't have a car. Every money you pass him, and he's waiting for Kekenape to go to work. And you say, I really appreciate this car gift that this brother bought for me. Do you appreciate it really? It will only be reasonable that you do what? Even if his office is in a different direction, you can get off one hour earlier, go and drop him, make a U-turn, and go to you. That's what Paul is saying. He said, which is your reasonable sacrifice? Praise God. Praise Jesus. So we looked at all of that, and we came, you know, to where we asked the question, why doesn't salt, which is actually where, you know, I think the Spirit of God wants to, why doesn't salt struggle to savor or to flavor or to salt it. Why? You know why? Because it's salt. Because it's salt. It's maintaining its, you know, uh, characteristics as salt. So once you drop it in any environment, what happens? It begins to manifest. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ made a statement which I like us to see in Matthew 5, 13, where he said it. He said, you are the salt of the earth. And he went on to say, Matthew 5, they say you are the salt of the air, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then what? Good for nothing but be, to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And I tried to research how does salt, how does salt lose its flavor? What happens to salt that is unable to salt? And I realized that there is a chemical, there is one of the components of salt that they said is um, soluble in water. Okay. So if there is enough moisture or there is enough water added to salt, what happens is that that particular chemical part of salt becomes dissolved, okay? It becomes dissolved. I'm going to come to the simple word. It becomes dissolved. And then the salt will only be white. It will look that way, but it will lose its taste. Now, at that point is what our Lord Jesus is saying. He says, when that happens... The only thing that salt can be used is to be what? To be trampled, thrown away and be trampled upon, you know. Now, if you've lived in the West where there is snow and all of that, you'll notice that sometimes when it snows, what they do is that they pour salt on the road. Now, so Jesus was not just saying something that is far. Now, salt is in different components and different, you know, mixtures and all of that. But in particular... That salt that is thrown is the one that is not really the salt salt. It has suffered some, you know, dissolution, okay? Now, for you and I, learning what we are learning, why do we have to, and I'm a witness, I believe you're a witness, how we oftentimes, you know, find this living the Christian life a fight, praise God. And like we identified, it's because the hard drive. You see, there are some things in the hard drive, Okay? That has issues. So it keeps affecting our judgment. Praise the Lord. And like we've been helped already, what makes the hard drive to have issues? It's what is loaded, what is saved inside of it. So in this case of the salt, how does salt lose its flavor? Simple, by dilution. 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 Simple dilution. And now for you and I as a Christian, what is dilution? I will tell you what dilution is. And we would like to look at it from a scripture. If you would come with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. It's dilution. That's the challenge of our time. I'm sure you, you, we all know here that when I think Christianity here, I think about Nigeria. I think about 
you know, I, I don't just see myself. I, I heard the prayers we are praying. And I pray for protection for my family, for everyone here. But I feel a sense of connection, praise God, to my country. Okay? In the Old Testament, when they called a prophet, they will say where he's from. Today, if heaven was going to call Pastor Nat a prophet, they say, Pastor Nat, they, you know, he won't deny your place. <laughs> if they in heaven, yeah. There was a mighty man of God, Pastor Lord, they what? And then they say, full and his men are taking over the country. We must arise. Say, we must arise. In the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so in 2 Timothy chapter 4, let's read it. We're going to read from verse 1 to 8. It says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead that is appearing in his kingdom. It says what? Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. He said, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own, if you're reading from your Bible, underline desires, their own desires. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth. If you want, you can also underline the truth. And be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, and your afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. 6 says, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. Not to me only, but also to all who have loved He's appearing. I took this because I just like where he says, preach the word. Okay, preach the word. But notice what Timothy is being reminded here. He said to him, preach this word, be ready in season and out of season. He said, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. I want you to look at those words. Do those words sound like what people like to hear? Hmm? Do they sound like feel good, you know, excitement things? Convinced. Why do I need to be convinced? Because what you're telling me is not what I really would ordinarily want to what? You say rebuke. The sweetest part of that one is exhort. I mean, why that exhorting is telling you can do it. Praise God. He says you can do it. But he says now with all what? Long suffering and teaching. And he goes on. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. Now, look at where we started. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, has given us what to desire. Isn't that what we've been looking at? He's, you, my life, your life as a Christian should be to be a witness to him. And every day you get home, you lie on your bed, no matter how the day went, if you succeeded in being a witness to him, or at least not being a witness against him, you haven't done badly. Is it not? Eh, uh-huh, now. That's what we're saying. Okay? So, but... Look at what he's saying now. There's going to be a new set of desires that Christians will have. And because they have desire like that, they're going to have what? Ears that are looking for what? Such desires being satisfied. And because they're looking for it, demand and supply, such teachers are what? Going to be supplied. There'll be books, there'll be tapes, there'll be seminars, there'll be all kinds of things. Teaching to satisfy those desires. 
Whereas those desires are not what we should desire. However, the Bible says, delight yourself, what? In the Lord. And he will give you also what to desire. And also give you what you desire. Didn't our Lord Jesus Christ say to us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness and what? All these things. What are the things he's talking about? The things that the Gentiles are what? Pursuing after. Now, what is he saying? He's saying that your heavenly father knows that what? You have need of these things. But don't make them your desire. Don't make them your pursuit. And he says also, he says, the Gentiles do what? They seek after it. Now, let's get back to where we're trying to. Now, salt is powerful as long as it guards itself. Anytime it introduces, allows to be introduced to it, something that is external, you know what happened? It begins to lose its potency. The gospel in Nigeria over time doesn't look in any way like what our Lord Jesus Christ left for us. Do you know that if from every Christian, I don't even want to say poopy, from every genuinely born again Christian that we have, if we have been trying to reproduce righteousness, repentance and remission, Many of the people that are committing the crime now would have repented. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let's even go back to when so-called um, you know, Christians were in power and all of that. If the people who were having contact with Christian leaders, their sole goal was that this president will president in righteousness and justice. Do you understand? We won't be where we are. But you see, when the gospel of greed comes in, if you go to see the president as a pastor, the man, you know he's wrong. You know he's making wrong judgments. You know he's living wrongly. But you guys, the man of God, and all you have is a list from your ministry, the things he'll help you do. And then when he does it, you return to your ministry. Everybody's shouting hallelujah. God has done it. But that's not what God sent you to be done. Are you getting it? Now we leave them, come down to individual lives. We have Christians in positions. We have in different places. What do they do? Now, why is it like that? Because our desires have been contaminated. The things we are calling testimony, the, the reason I read that last part of the Second Timothy 4, is that Paul, when he finished, he said, I'm, I'm doing well, I'm finishing well. And did you see any list of his houses? Did you see a list of his skyscrapers? Did you see a list of that? What did he say? He's just saying, I've served God. And look at the joy with which he was concluding. He said there is what? There is laid up for me what? The crown of righteousness. What's he talking about? He's talking about crossing over. As long as Christians, I mentioned it the other time, are afraid of going to heaven, then we've not gotten it right. How can you be afraid of going to where your reward is? When you talk about it, it's like you're, you know, you're being morbid. No, you're not being morbid. That's where your reward is. Praise the Lord. That's where our master is also. While we're here, we're at work. When we go there, we go into our reward. So why should we gather and behave as if going there is punishment and here is reward? Because the salt has been diluted and that's why our power has reduced. I, I saw something the other day that, you know, pricked my heart. I said, mercy, Lord. I saw where they were doing suicide, party, suicide bombing party. It, that's the person that had, they had selected to be the next suicide bomber. They were throwing a party for him. The guy was like somebody that they were about to send off from, uh, from Kutuwenji to America. They were celebrating his going. And the guy was happy. These are people that don't have eternal life. They don't have Jesus. 
They are going into a, an eternity of death and hell and condemnation. But they, they've sold it to them what we should be selling and then we are selling the opposite. Now, it doesn't mean that you'll be wretched in life. No, but you have a mind. It's a, an issue of comparison. Many Christians don't look to heaven as better than earth. As simple as that. What they want is now. And if it's not happening now, then God has failed them. And anything to make it happen now. But that's not what he said. That's not what he said. Praise God. So the word, our desires have been diluted. Diluted completely. So when you ask a Christian, check really in our hard drive. What does every Christian want? Every Christian wants to succeed in the eyes of the world. For what? That's the question. For what? When Paul was brought before kings, you know what Paul said to them? Paul laughed. Paul didn't say, ah, I claim your position. He said to them, I wish all of you Whereas I am, except without the chains. He had no envy for them, no desire. He wasn't claiming their Rolls Royce. He wasn't. Because he knew he had salvation. They didn't have it. That was the eye with which he looked at them. But what do we do? Even if someone who is not born again is rich, when they come to church, the pastor will introduce him. I was reading something, you know, the other day, and, um, you, know, you know, social media has made madness to be cheap. You know before, when someone is mad, eh? before the person gets to the market, his people would have caught him and put him inside. And they say when the madness gets to market, finish. But now, anybody can just type something. And then people who are looking for excuses to do what they do, you know, will now start commenting and all of that. Anyway, this person, his point wasn't so bad, but he, he doesn't have the spirit. He was saying pastors will not tell people about his boat. Pastors will not tell people about um, these Chinese students that are developed. Pastors will not tell people. They are telling people about shout hallelujah and claim your miracle. I mean, I'm not defending any of them, but what is about his boat that I should covet as a Christian? To run fastest and then go and be sleeping with prostitutes is that what I should be presenting? If not, that we have missed the gospel to mean success. That's where I'm going. We have mixed up gospel to mean success in the eyes of the world. That's not, Jesus didn't come to anoint you to become first. Your coming first will become a tool if you're witnessing. The reason David and his friends stood out was because they were on a mission to minister to Nebuchadnezzar. It wasn't so that they'll have enough savings so that when they return to Jerusalem, they'll be like Malaysian boys. Do people know Malaysia boys here? Yeah? You know because you're from the east. It's from the east. They know it's not Americans that they hear. People coming from America and Canada and Europe, they don't come with money now. It's Malaysia. Mm. You don't know. You've not been to the east. It's Malaysia boys that flow money now. <laughs> uh, Malaysia and South Africa. Mm. Ghana too. Okay, Thailand. Okay, uh, you know. Praise God. So this is the problem we have. So you even gather young people now who are Christian. Their dream is not to be a testimony. Not to be a, they want to hit it big. Why? Because that's what we are preaching. Therefore the sword has lost its savor. And that's why now problems are in Nigeria. I mean, brethren, we read the scriptures. The kings of old... And that's what I came to have with you. The kings of old sent for the prophets to consult with them. How do we solve this problem in the land? None is full of any headsmen that are consulting with. Lord have mercy on us. 
Don't have mercy on us. Why? Because we have lost. If we are competing with them in the area of their race, who will send for me? Who will send for you? And they're doing it better. Praise God. The politician goes for bulletproof. You go for bulletproof. The bank MDs go for jet. You go for jet. You know? Their business is prospering. Your churches. I mean, those things are not wrong. But they've been made the message. And it has diluted. Paul said, preach the word. What is the word? Someone will say prosperity is part of the word. No. I'll tell you what the word is. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, I am what? Or rather, preach the word. Yes. I'm what? He says, I'm the way, the truth, and what? The life. That is the word. He says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was what? So when he said preach the word, he said preach Jesus Christ. He said be witnesses to who? To me. Now Jesus, we've established here, when we say he was poor, we are just wasting language. Because if Jesus came to earth and was royalty and owned the whole earth, he would have still been poor. So the fact he came as man, he has become as poor as ever. The fact that he left his throne. I was listening to the United Nations General Assembly lady that came. And she said she has been to Africa two times. Achievement. So someone from uh, one of those um, um, Caribbean countries coming to Africa is like she has home. I mean, I've tried for you guys. (laughs) Praise God. Now Jesus comes from heaven to earth. Even if he liked, if he was walking on gold and whatever, diamonds, he would have been poor. For him to leave heaven and be trapped in earth, that was humiliation of the highest order. Anyway, so the word is Jesus. Preach the word. It's preach Jesus Christ. It says that we all come to the knowledge of the Son of God. It's him. And what is he? He's everything. He's complete. So whatever you need to be a pointer to God, Jesus is that. So Sam, as you're serving God and bearing witness, if whatever anointing, whatever provision you need, he will supply. But his goal, your goal should be him. Brethren, we sing songs. Why is our world not desiring him? Because they have not been shown him. They have not been shown him. My friends who are not saved, when I call them today, they just, ah. Pastor, I have to call me. Dash me some money. Can you imagine? Amy? Don't worry, I won't say I can. But it's actually Amy, I can. I can, won't enter Amy. Anyway, you see, why? Because they've thought that pastors are what? Rich. That's wrong. But the salt has been what? Diluted. Diluted. America has affected the world in every area. The world has been diluted. So instead of them thinking, oh, pastor, Okay, please, I'm having these issues. A few of them who maybe have now interacted with me are those that share, you know, I cancel, I cancel with them their marriages. And, but those who are not in contact, once they just see pastor, is money. Because that's what our nation has portrayed pastors to be. That's what they boasted. That's what we advertise. That's what we preach. And a lot of people are defending it. So tonight I want you to see. So the word is Jesus. When he says preach the word, it's Jesus that is saying we should preach. And when he says that people will gather for themselves because of each year, there are going to be people. He said, let nobody deceive you. The abundance of people saying the same thing does not make it correct. Don't you know that? He doesn't validate anything. Oh, no, no, not at all. It just means he's bringing temporary results. It's supply and demand. Praise God. So Jesus says, 
He says, I'm the word. The word was, you know, in, in the beginning was the word. Then he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let, let me show you a scripture that you'll find, and I connect it now. Let, let me just jump there in case I miss it. Ecclesiastes um, 11.5. You know, he said something here. Put it this way. He said, as you and I do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of how who is with child. So we don't know the works of God who makes everything. Because someone might say, ah, but, but we preach the works of God. Yes, we preach the works of God. We preach the mighty acts of God. But we have to be careful when we preach it. You know why? Because the Bible says we don't even understand the works of God. So many times when he's walking, you don't even know he's walking. And sometimes when he's not walking, you think he's walking. Are you with me? He says that we don't know the works of God who makes everything. Why is that so? That's why our Lord Jesus Christ made a statement. He answered the Jews. You can put John 6, please, for us. John 6, 28 and 29. Very interesting conversation he was having with the Jews. I pray the Holy Spirit will give us understanding of the things we are learning. Because we are dealing with our hard drive. Praise God. That's what we're doing. We're dealing with our hard drive. In John 6, 28, the Jews said to him, okay, 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 all this thing you're saying, let's give you a chance. Okay, what shall we do that we might do what? Walk the works of God. Uh, five steps. What did Jesus say to them? You know, every time I, I read that thing, I would say, what's the, tell us something. Now. He said what? This of God, that you might believe in him whom he sent. <laughs> Show me how to drive. Say, believe in Show me um, how to cook um, afang soup. He said that you might believe that I'm uh, a quiet bomb. <laughs> Praise God. I, I mean, do, do you see how it sounds? But our Lord Jesus Christ was, was communicating something that was establishing something very key. Because you can't know the work of God. You can't if you don't know the God of the work. Praise God. Is this the God of the work that produces the work? When you know him, how, how many of us have seen tablets recently that they call timed release? Time release, you know, multivitamins and a lot of that. They, they say time release. It, it means that when you take it, you know, it, it, your body takes it as, as it's needed. Okay, maybe it's energy or whatever it is. Your body, you know, takes it. It just doesn't, uh, you know, un, unload to your system. The power of God in the genuine Christian is time released. Praise God. You know, we read the, the scriptures. Elijah performed um, how many miracles? I believe seven, right? Seven or eight? Seven. Elijah performed 14. How many years did they live? Were they, didn't they live more than 70 years? So maybe it's one by 10 years. But they were still prophets. So everything that was needed for them to fulfill their ministry, God made sure they did. When you get the one that is calling every per second per second, he has become selling bread, next bread at the junction. Time release. He said, this is the work of God that you might what? That you might believe in him. Why? Because when you believe in Jesus, brethren, nobody can stop you from accomplishing God's purpose. And the miracles will now become commensurate with the obstacle you face. That's why the Christian does not cry when he faces obstacles. Because it becomes an occasion for the manifestation of his power. Because you carry him. Who is he to say no? Who, who is there that will say, they conspire against you? He says they fall for your sake. You didn't pray, let all my enemies fall and die. Praise God. You're just going. But because you carry him inside, every opposition must crumble. That's what it is. When you believe in him, you carry him. And then the works of God will flow out of you. 
Your child is sick, you pray. The child is healed. Okay? The other day I was asking, I said, God, please, let me really understand. Is it that if it's Panadol or Five Naira, we shouldn't bother praying? Let's just go and buy Panadol. How many have really? You see, you have to be, you know, real with God. So, but something comes up and they say, the doctor says, I'm sorry, I don't know what to do. Very easy. You now go to Jesus and say, my Lord Jesus, what has happened? They don't know what to do. Only you can do what no man. That's it. That's it. And he will manifest. Not when you're thinking, should I buy Panadol or should I pray? Should I buy Panadol or should I pray? Should I buy Nivaquin or should I pray? Just better than buy Nivaquin. <laughs> because you're so, undub- you're, so, you're so divided, so undecided that he said, don't even waste your time. You will not receive anything from me. Huh? Should I buy? Ah, there is hold up. Okay, let me pray. Okay, let me pray, you know. No, now. He that comes to God must what? Must believe that he is. If you want to believe, just settle it. Praise God. Certainly, there are people who, for me now, there are some things like, no, I won't take drugs. I will be, so God knows that even if there is no hold up, even if Panadol becomes one naira, I won't take. And I take his word. And he shows himself faithful. Sometimes the pain will be there, but at the end you know that he heard you because he will deliver, he will heal. So he says, this is the work of God. They do, that you believe. They don't pray, they don't come and say, okay, if you want to do this, one, two, three steps. Where did Jesus show us three steps? To open blind eye. Step two. Step three. No now. Praise God. No. We have a sister here. Keze, are you in church? Keze, how did you stop wearing glasses? Give her a mic. Let her share with us. I mean, you believe in God. Signs follow you. Signs follow you. This is the work of God. Please just share briefly. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Years back, I used to do this. Trans- I used to transcribe pastor's message from uh, audio to written form. So, and then as as I then I've worn glasses for like fourteen years. So I was transcribing a message that I read and con- was titled "Conceived Among the Rods." So, and pastor preached that as um, the the cattle's were shown the, the spotted rods. They brought forth according to what they saw. And uh, that was the story between Laban and um, Jacob. So as I read it, as I was transcribing the message, I paused and said, just if animals can look at something and begin to bring forth according to what they saw, that means I can stop wearing glasses. As at the time I stopped, it was not as if I received perfect sight. But as the day went by, my, my vision became better and better until it became perfect. Hallelujah. And now you're not wearing it. Please get me that message. Let me listen. <laughs> That's why sometimes you see me where I'm still fighting it, you know. And I'll be using you as point of contact. Anyway, see, you believe this thing flows. It's not supposed to be stage performance. No, it's not. This is the work of God that you might believe. And why is that so? Why is that so? It's important because like we learn, it says, I will never leave you, nor what? Forsake you. He is the only constant thing. And like Ecclesiastes says, you don't know how he will work it. So we've heard our testimony now. Somebody might begin to go and say, let me listen to message. No, your own case might be just take the glasses. Some people have taken their glasses and broken it and said, okay, you know. 
So there are different ways. But the main thing is this. Who do you have faith in? Who do you have faith in? For whatever situation. Let me move quickly so that we, we don't miss you know, some important point. Our time is almost gone. In Mark 5. In Mark chapter 5. We have the account of um, Jairus who met Jesus. I'm, I'm going to just share this. From 21. It says 22, okay. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw Jesus, saw him, fell at his feet, and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, as they were going, we know the story that um, the woman with the issue of blood interrupted them. 35. Jump with me to 35. Now, after he had finished healing the woman with the issue of Lord and ended the conversation. The Bible says 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, that's Jairus' house, and said to the man, your daughter is what? Dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, what? Do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. Note that word, only believe. And also note, I can even stop here. Note, also note that Jesus didn't say, only believe what? What should he believe? Answer me now. Thank you. Believe in what, Jesus? You know why? When he came at first, who did he come to? What did he request? Come and heal my daughter. At this point, what had happened? The daughter was dead. So assuming... He had been convinced that this man can heal only. At this point, he should find another person, isn't it? Or start looking for an undertaker. But Jesus made an answer, which is for every one of us. Jesus said to him, man, you have started believing in me. You have come to me. Let me handle it. Tell yourself, I will let you handle it. That's what Jesus is saying. You become a Christian, sir. The truth is this. Every desire you have that you have committed to God's hands that is genuine, he will fulfill it too. That's the truth. He will. But the process you may never understand. If you're busy trying to understand the process, you'll frustrate it. So Jesus said to this man, when they got the information, your daughter, don't listen. The message was, do not trouble the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. And the teacher said, let's not discuss it. Only Believe. Only believe. Why? Because he himself knew the capacity he had. And he knew that to him, death. Remember when he got there, he said, this girl is not dead. She's sleeping. And they were laughing. Why? Because even when they said death, Jesus had already was seen that child waking up. And somebody that you wake up, either from dead or sleep, is he not waking up? Uh-huh. So what is mighty, what is final to us, is never final to him. But if we are caught in the one, two, three process, we will be easily discouraged. Listen to me, brethren. You, you, you won't know the type of things I trust God to do. But you know, I don't worry him about it. Because my assignment is to believe him now. You understand? It's to believe him now, step by step. He said, day by day, I what? He leads me and I what? Follow. You know why? If I'm looking at something, I can't follow him because if he's going this direction, I say, sir, sir, please, Jesus, what, the, the miracle is there. What I'm looking, he's leading me this way. 
isn't it? He's leading me this, but my eyes are that way. What happened with Joseph? Joseph believed in God. If not, he would never have gone to jail. Ah, when the woman caught his rapper, he said, this thing don't change. Okay, madam, I repent. Come, come, let's. But you see, he just said, I will follow Jesus. Little did he know that going the direction of prison was fulfilling a dream. He didn't have the dream before him. You know the people of this world, they teach you now. Keep that dream before you. No, keep Jesus before you. He said, follow me and I will make you. Nobody can make you like Jesus. If you like, paint all the things I'm put in front of you. You can only become more desperate. But when you follow him, he knows how to deliver the things that you trust him. Let's rise on our feet. He knows how to deliver the things into your hands. Even David did not follow his dream. He followed God. When the trouble became too much, he ran away from Israel, the place of the promise. He said, I will not raise my hands against the Lord's anointed. That was the dream. He followed him and God knew how to turn everything around. Tonight I've come to tell you, do not be afraid. Whatever he says to you, do it. If he says to you, just follow me, do it. If he says, don't worry yourself about, do it. If he says, this is what the kingdom is about. Brethren, we don't have time to touch some of things. But what, what, what we must find in this scripture is that you must believe the love of God for you. You must believe the commitment of God to you. Child of God, nobody loves you like God. Nobody is interested in your welfare like any. It says no good thing will he withhold. But good thing is defined by him. I don't tell him what is good for me. Many of us have children. You can know how your children can ask for things that are terrible for themselves. And they imagine it's good. Let's lift up our voices and say, Lord, help me. Help me to believe you. Help me to believe you. Help me to believe you, that I may do your works. Help me to believe you, that I may do your works. Help me to believe you, that I may do your, that your works may be witnessed in my life. That I may become a witness to your power, a witness to your resurrection. Help me, O oh Lord, to follow you like the saints of old, that trusted their lives in your hands, that trusted their destinies. Let me believe you, in, somebody's in a marriage now that is stormy. Just believe him. Do what he said to do. Do what he said to do. Whatever it is, just believe him. You don't know which way to turn. There is a voice that will be saying, this is the way to go. Just follow it. Don't worry about the outcome. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God will raise you up. He will turn things around. He will give you a testimony. It doesn't matter the news that is come. And let me tell you, I should begin to believe. There might bring worse news. They might bring worse news. Say, why trouble the teacher? Why are you continuing with this? There is no hope again. Tell them, I never place my hope in the circumstances. My eyes are on the Lord. I have set my eyes as a flint. I've settled it. My hope is in Him. My eyes are on Him. I look to Him. He is my God. He will perform the things that concern me. He will perfect all that concerns me. I want you to put your faith. Bring it out from anywhere. If anywhere and everywhere you have taken it, tonight bring it back. Tell him, Jesus, I put my trust in you. I put my hope in you. I know that you know me. Tell him I know that you know me. Tell him I know that you love me. Tell him I know that you're mindful of me. Tell him that the greatest need I've ever had, 
you took care of it without me raising a voice. I did not pray to be saved. I did not pray that you come and die for my sins. Of your own will, you have begotten me. Lord, you can handle everything that concerns me. Let him know tonight. And just ask, help me from the depth of my being. Let me believe you. Let me believe you. Ask, let, let me believe you. Let me believe you. Let me look to you. Let me follow you. The Bible says they look to him. Why are you downcast, sister? Because you're not looking to him. He said they looked to him and they were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. But if you look to the things that are around the world, the, the pressures of the world, you become discouraged. The psalmist said, why are you, why are you cast down on my soul? He said, put your hope in God. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. I want to confess that I can never understand the works of God. That's what Ecclesiastes said. How can you imagine? God, if you had done it this way, then by now this one will happen. No, just let him handle it. Let him determine the balance of your day. Lord, I don't know. I mean, I may have wished this thing to happen 20 years ago. But tonight I say, Lord, have your way. Lord, I trust in you. Lord, I will follow you. Lord, I lean on you. Lord, I surrender to you. Can you let the Lord know that you look to him? Can you let the Lord know that you lean on him? Can you let the Lord know that he's enough for you? That he will do it. You trust him. He is your God. He is my God. He is our God. I will put my trust in you. I will put my trust in you. I will look to you. He said to Jairus, do not be afraid. Only believe because I am God. He has made the right choice. He said, don't be discouraged. Don't faint. Don't turn back. Don't fall by the wayside. Lord, help me. Christians are. Christians are people who have put their trust in him. We are not the smartest. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are the sheep of his pasture. He is our shepherd. He is our Lord. We are his. His master. We belong to him. of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.